the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The news never stops. Life goes on around town and around the world. You need a talk show that keeps track of it. A program with bold opinions that's always open to your views. That is this show. Welcome to the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM. The answer. All righty, hour number two. Come on in, 866-660-5759. Some things are big things. Some things are little things. This is a decidedly little thing, but we live in an age when little things could get all blowed up into all manner of things. So uh, Mike, in the the close of our segment, was talking about uh, Trump comes after Trump's totally coming after Haley because she is nearing him. It may have, in fact, well, did, in fact, it appears, catch him in a uh, in a in one of the most recent polls. Uh, New Hampshire looks very much Tuesday of next week. New Hampshire looks very much like a close Trump win with Nikki Haley right on his heels because New Hampshire has a bunch of very college educated people and that'll give you a more liberal result. It also is not a particularly, uh, can I phrase this? Uh, It's, kind of secular there. It's a secular, even the Republicans are kind of secularized. And by the way, there, there's no state where absolutely every single one of the, uh, of the Republican voters is an evangelical Christian, but uh, you know, in a Texas, in an Iowa, in a, you're going to get a kind of a, a representative uh, slice of what degree of, uh, of, of Republican voters are kind of faith-based, which is going to make you probably a little more MAGA leaning, and make you a little more conservative on most things, especially socially. It is a secularized, libertarian-leaning, more establishment, moderate-friendly Republican vote in New Hampshire that is right up Nikki Haley's alley, and that's why she is likely to do far better in New Hampshire than she did in Iowa. DeSantis is is just not registering in Iowa at all. He's in single digits. Um, that's going to be another tough day for Ron and he will then cling and his people will then cling to, uh, South Carolina, which is February 24th. And, um, and, and so boof, it's, it's tough sledding ahead. The Nikki Haley contingent will, will take a look at her close finish in New Hampshire and say, Hey, she's growing. She's on the move. She's on the March. New Hampshire is uncharacteristically Haley friendly. Um, the reality for her perhaps lies ahead in her own state, which she will not win. Trump will win South Carolina. So, uh, huh, we'll see how all of this plays out. Uh, hang on a second. Let me give you the, the calendar dates actually, as they, as they occur, uh, we have, uh, February 24th, uh, New Hampshire, of course, is January 23rd, Nevada caucuses are February 8th. And South Carolina is February 24th, 866-660-5759. So Trump 
hearing uh, uh, Nikki Haley's uh, high heels uh, <laughs> footfalls close behind him, uh, I think it was a social media post or something where he uh, ad- addressed her by her birth name and, and misspelled it, whatever. Uh, she, of course, was born Nimarata Nikki Randawa in 1972. Born in South Carolina. So the citizenship thing is just not an issue. Born in Bamberg, South Carolina. Now, we may need to look at birthright citizenship moving forward. I would like to. I think it's ridiculous. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's... it's, I don't for a minute believe the the, the, the frame frame. Do you frame an amendment? You frame the Constitution that the crafters of the 14th Amendment intended for birthright citizenship. Step across the Rio Grande. There's a kid. Kid's a citizen. I just don't think that was ever the intent. But that's what we got until we change it. Uh, Who are the people who have benefited from that? Well, Nikki Haley, apparently. And Barack Obama. You do recall, and I mentioned this, maybe you had kind of forgotten about it. This, I get, was, uh, this was Trump and, uh, and, and when I talked about the emphasis on, so emphasizing Nikki Haley's birth name, is that kind of like this? President Barack Hussein Obama. It's no surprise that Joe Donnelly is holding a rally this weekend with Barack <laughs> H. Obama. President Barack Hussein Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. Crooked Joe Biden and his boss, Barack Hussein Obama, did this to us. And, and that was like no, that was that was like November of, of this past year. Uh, whatever, whatever. I just whatever. What does matter is a lot of uh, of of what lies ahead on the actual campaign trail in actual states. Doesn't look like anybody's coming out. Uh, Nikki Haley's certainly not coming out because she's going to do well in New Hampshire. If she actually beats Trump in New Hampshire, I mean, then I mean, the, the, when I say the rodeo is on, I mean people's anticipatory hair will catch on fire. It's like, oh, we got a race now, you know. And then maybe DeSantis does get out at that point. I don't know. Um, but the notion that moving forward, that Nikki Haley has a chance of catching Donald Trump in the various states uh, that follow, <laughs> that is simply not going to happen. And it may be the actual political marketplace that determines it. I'm obviously fine with that. I have come to uh, appreciate the perspective of those who have said, you know what, total waste of time. We have got to focus now on who our nominee is going to be. Looks like it's Trump. And so maybe it's just time to figure that out and move forward and not spend the next five or six weeks between now and Super Tuesday, Texas, Oklahoma, California, Massachusetts, Colorado, North Carolina, Tennessee, Minnesota, Arkansas, Maine, Vermont. That's a lot of Republicans. I get it. Totally get it. Any reason to think any of those states is hiding some groundswell of DeSantis support? Nope. Some groundswell of Haley's support? Nope. So... Is it time to unite, as the saying goes? Um, caught some um, some social media buzz yesterday from people sort of pushing back against the notion of it's time to unite. Uniting is lovely. The concept of uniting is good. A party should be united, but is a little premature for the, all this unity talk. I clearly don't necessarily think it is anymore. Uh, if if somebody wants to, just on principle, a principle I obviously have expressed affinity for and say, you know what, on principle, 
Come come uh, Texas, California, Virginia, Massachusetts. Come Super Tuesday. Then we'll know it like we know our own names. We'll know it like we know two plus two make four. That the marketplace has spoken. Okay. Um, as we work our way toward that, uh, there's there's just weeks of of wheel spinning, and DeSantis and Haley bludgeoning each other and beating each other up. Uh, and and Trump's just going to benefit from all of that anyway. So, anyway, uh, Bree Jackson this morning, NBC, latest from the campaign trail. Let's unravel here. Let's start with the campaign trail. After a third-place finish in Iowa, some New Hampshire Republicans say they want to see Nikki Haley campaign more aggressively as she looks to cut into former President Trump's polling lead there. The race for the Republican presidential nomination running through New Hampshire Former President Trump focusing his attacks on his closest opponent in the state, former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. A vote for Nikki Haley this Tuesday is a vote for Joe Biden and a Democrat Congress this November, because that's what's going to happen. With less than a week to go until the first in the nation primary, a new poll shows Trump with a 16-point lead over Haley. She hopes to gain ground and seize on the Granite State's more moderate electorate. Seventy-five percent of Americans have said they don't want a Trump-Biden rematch. The majority of Americans have said they don't want their options to be two 80-year-olds for president. We've got to move past that. Florida governor. That's that's not a terrible point about uh, the, the about the octogenarianism of Biden and soon to be Trump, but ultimately, and I've spent a lot of time telling you that race doesn't matter, sex doesn't matter, age doesn't ultimately matter either. In in our heart of hearts, and you know when we close our eyes and dream, the idea of a again a wise philosopher king in his in his forties with fifties decades to go. Listen, this is the kind of hope that people put into DeSantis. People thought, you know, maybe that's him. Trump policies, more disciplined package, serve two terms, all of that is true. Part, and, and I've told you the main reason it didn't work is not DeSantis's fault. Trump exists, and there was just no peeling people away from him. And for the hundredth time, Trump offers the opportunity to deliver the, 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 the sucker punch of the ages to his tormentors, his political tormentors, his media tormentors, his legal tormentors, to tell all of them, not just no, but blank no, we're not going to let you take our candidate off the playing field. That is of immeasurable value. But as as I think we learned a little bit post-Iowa and may learn moving forward as the DeSantis flame begins to flicker and eventually probably extinguish, he has some growing to do. He has some some skill sets to get better at, and um, and, and the good news is he's got time. He, he's got to, Vivek has time to to uh, to develop some skill sets and you know be a little less of a jerk on the debate stage, stuff like that. Uh, the, the the future is interesting for for both of those folks. Now, in in the poll that Bree Jackson mentioned uh, with Trump's sixteen point lead. There's this outfit called the American Research Group. This was released late Tuesday, putting Trump and Haley at 40%. Uh, do I believe that? 
For these same people in December, Trump was at 33, Haley 29, uh, DeSantis at 4. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, I mm, believe it when I see it. Believe it when I see it. I don't think Haley will catch Trump in New Hampshire. It will be tantalizingly to some closer than Iowa was. And DeSantis is not going to do well in New Hampshire at all. Another tiny little state with the power to either elevate or destroy a candidacy makes me crazy. And, and as I have floated these Super Tuesday states in front of you, are there pockets of DeSantis appeal in Texas? Sure. As much as Trump? No. Are there pockets of DeSantis appeal among Republicans in California, Virginia, Massachusetts, Colorado, North Carolina? Absolutely. And could one of those states provide a, a surprising, maybe within 10 or 15 points of Trump kind of finish? Maybe, maybe. But do we have do we have time to to diddle around with all this while November looms? Maybe it is, and and, and that's what I was talking about earlier. The, the, it was it was it was chafing to some folks the, this notion of time to unite. Trump himself saying, and by the way, this is what people who are in the lead always say <laughs> in order to dispatch those who are nipping at their heels. Hey, it's time to unite. Unite behind who? Unite behind me. That's who. So is it time to do that? that? That's the question hanging from the rafters. Is it time to do that or will it be time in a few weeks? Ron DeSantis made his pitch to voters in South Carolina and New Hampshire this uh-huh. week. I want to pick up delegates. Everyone that goes out and votes for me is going to help me get delegates. And that's what we want to do. The fight for votes comes as the front runner continues to fight legal battles. Writer E. Jean Carroll testified against Trump during her second civil trial against him. What a massive joke this is. Years later, I mean, listen, I, I feel, I'd feel this way about anybody. Take away the personalities, take away the accuser, take away the accused. These people who decades later figure out I was so wrong. Nope. She's seeking damages for defamation. Trump denies wrongdoing, even showing his disagreement with Carroll's testimony while in court, causing the judge to threaten to throw him out. It's a totally rigged deal. This whole thing is rigged. Oh, by, and by the way, this or the original charge, I was referring to the original charge that uh, that Jean Carroll put about what Trump supposedly did to her. Uh, this is about defamation. You 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 don't you don't get to fight back. You don't get to say, hey, I think this is phony. I think this is wrong. You clearly don't get to contest an election where you think you were screwed. You don't get because to do that is incitement to a riot. This is the way they are going after him, and it will not stand in the minds of millions of voters. 825. Yeah. I don't play a lot of corn. Nothing against them. Little coming undone. Jonathan Davis up front. Is he family? I don't know. He's 53. This is not uncatchy. It's kind of a theme for our times in a way. All right, good enough. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is 831. Let's do the following. Uh, let's have it. We, there's interesting uh, Texas law news. A court has said uh, that we can't 
uh, do something that a lot of people wanted to do, that's sort of the book rating law. State Rep. Jared Patterson out of Frisco, District 106, has been big on the whole school books thing. And uh, so he's going to join us next. We'll talk about that and maybe a few other things as the Texas primary draws near. So get ready for that. Uh, Lots more to come on this, our Thursday show. It is the 18th of January. Mark Davis, 831. Here's Nikki Whaley in the newsroom. Eight thirty-eight on our Thursday morning show. Looking at highs in the fifties today. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. All right, all kinds of things are heating up. Presidential campaign, Texas primary, all kinds of stuff going on. 866-660-5759, the phone number. But as we get ready to hop back to some more of your calls, let's put somebody else on the phone. State Rep. Jared Patterson, Frisco's own District 106. Stuff to talk about in the news uh, and just uh, everything just going on in life. Jared, welcome. How you doing, sir? And Happy New Year. I'm blessed. Happy New Year, Mark. Same here. Blessed to have you. All right, let's go. Let's go straight drilling into something that has been a big issue of yours. You've been very much on top of the whole school book thing. The notion of finding some of the poisons and the dangers that exist on school book library shelves and reading lists. An appeals court just yesterday blocked our state from enforcing this book rating law that you were a big part of and that had broad support. Uh, what did this? What did this law do? And what did you think? And what did the court do yesterday? Well, what what it did is it actually left in place uh, for the first time ever our mandatory statewide collection development standards for libraries, things that that we put in place that the State Board of Education has now adopted as of last month that says parents are at the top of the pyramid. You can't have obscene materials, pervasively vulgar materials. So that's still a big win that parents can rejoice in. But what they did is they cut our legs out from under us on holding the vendors accountable the folks that make money off of selling this filth to our public schools mark the same judicial system that essentially forced McDonald's to put a warning label on a cup of coffee because the contents might be hot, said that book vendors don't have to put a warning label on school books that may have pornography inside of it. So it, it's, very, it's a very, very odd uh, occurrence with the Fifth Circuit, which is you know the most conservative court in the land. I know, and I read the ruling, and and the argument was that it was kind of a, a stifling effect or restriction on their First Amendment rights to to purvey whatever books they wish to purvey. That it was stigmatizing their own product, and like, eh, I mean, I I get that to a degree, and in fact, isn't there a solution? And maybe it involves a lot more you know work for us. I, I, and I don't know how much I trust the actual publishers who could crank out something. Hey, Billy has 47 genders and go, it's a fine. It's perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with this book. Isn't it better if gatekeepers at the state level do the evaluating of these books rather than the sellers of the books themselves? Well, that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to, you know, first off, I've called on the office of the attorney general to appeal this to the Supreme Court. I believe we've got an excellent case. We used existing multiple existing Supreme Court precedents uh, to write this law. So I'm, I'm hopeful that we can get this to the Supreme Court. But, yes, we need to come back next session. Unfortunately, it's just going to cost taxpayers a lot more money because the state is going to have to, you know, we're going to have to have some bureaucrat sitting in a cubicle somewhere you know, going through all these books yeah. looking for pornography. I, but but I'll tell you what, it, okay, some bureaucrat, I know, uh, 
But I, I, if it's a good bureaucrat, I trust that person. If, if you got somebody sure. with good eyes, a good brain, a good heart, a good spine, evaluating all these books that come in from these people, and all these people want to do is sell books, and I think sometimes they might sugarcoat and undercut the degree to which they are filled sometimes with outright porn. Well, and here's the deal, Mark. It's not just all these new books that are coming out now that are that are pornographic in nature. They're going – these publishers own classic works of literature, and they're going back and rewriting some of these books like the Goosebumps series that I grew up on in elementary school. They're rewriting it yeah. and, and, and adding this woke agenda in those books. So uh, overall, to tie a bow around this, and we'll get on to some other stuff here in this fascinating sure. political season, wh- where are we trying to get? There are people who have accused us of book banning and book burning in its 1930s Germany. All we're trying to do is, is take a look at some material that comes sometimes before the eyes of very, very young kids and remove things that are simply objectively inappropriate. Yeah, these these are books that, that kids have access to without their ki- their uh, parents being present. You know, we're not talking about public libraries. We're not talking about bookstores. We're not talking about online sellers. We're talking about in the school setting where parents are not allowed throughout the school day, children having access to pornographic materials. The fact that this court said that we can't have a warning label on it and that we can't hold these government contractors accountable, which, I mean, my gosh, if you've ever built a road, uh, there's all kinds of contracts uh, – contract requirements on on those guys. So I don't understand why they said that we can't have a government contractor abide by a certain set of criteria. What was the thing a couple of minutes ago that you said you've asked for an opinion from the attorney general's office for? Yeah, well, I I would love for them to appeal this to the United States Supreme Court. I think we ought to take this to the Supreme Court, use the precedent of the multiple um, Supreme Court cases, cases dealing with the FCC. There are certain things that can't be said on your radio station because of community standards because children may be listening. Uh, we know children are in our public schools, and we use that existing Supreme Court precedent to craft this law. State Rep. Jared Patterson is here, District 106 in Frisco. Pardon the phraseology, I can't resist. So when you ask Ken Paxton for something, does he take your calls? I mean, we're talking to, it's a staff by staff. Uh, I you know. know. You, 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 you know where I'm headed. Jared, yeah, Jared, Jared Patterson is Exhibit A of how the effort, the impeachment brigades against Paxton was not like a bunch of liberals coming after conservative Ken Paxton. Jared, you were like, I've looked at like the Texas Tribune puts out the most conservative to most liberal. You are at the top of the list. Of, yes, sir. You just are. And that means so many of you. It means you share a ton of space ideologically with the attorney general. It's been a couple yes. of months. You have no primary opponent. <laughs> he ain't coming after you. How do you view in the rear view mirror what wound up being a failed impeachment attempt? Mark, I sleep very well at night. I believe that we did the right thing. I think that, um, you know, the state of Texas needs to be protected against what I believe to be a very sophisticated criminal. And I believe that as you see the noose tighten in the legal community, you know, he just lost a a major Supreme Court case. He is going to be deposed. Um, You know, I'd I'd recommend no one play a drinking game with how many times he pleads the fifth because you may not make it. But, you know, this is a very serious issue. I sleep well at night because I believe we did the right thing. I realize that there are groups out there that funded a massive disinformation campaign about it. 
but I sleep well at night. It was not disinformation that there was no public testimony that led to the impeachment. It was not disinformation that these attorneys went and said, oh, we're going to absolutely prove criminality and didn't. I mean, everybody's entitled to their view on this, and you've got some company, no doubt about it. But the notion that everybody listening, people, a ton of people who voted for you that hated the impeachment, that they were just somehow duped and misinformed, that ain't going to fly. I don't know that a ton of people that voted for me hated it. Sure. I mean, when I got back and, and we talked to voters uh-huh. in my district in, in large groups and small groups, mm-hmm. they didn't even know all the items that were on the agenda. I mean, they, they believed that it was the, the securities fraud case from 2014, 2015. That was four of the 20 charges. And once we explained all this stuff, once Nate Paul starts rolling, which, I mean, he's facing life in prison. Yeah. I'm sure he's going to be rolling. The FBI is interviewing people all over Austin right now. I mean, it it is not a good place to be, Ken Paxton. I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the year he cashes out his campaign accounts on an island somewhere. So you you believe to this day that the majority of people who voted for you think the impeachment was just awesome? I have had more people come up to me and thank me for that vote than just about anything. Well, they're, I've they're, ever well, they're going to. They, well, they're going to. The people yeah. who did love it, they're they're the ones who are going to. So, yeah. so to, to the broader notion, because here here comes here comes Ken, and he's gone the sort of what he calls the reform tour, what some call the revenge tour, with all kinds of primary opponents. You're not one of them. You have no primary opponent. What's your overall thirty thousand foot view? Not even so much about Ken, but about the sort of the dichotomy that is made out of establishment. I mean, Dade, is Dade feeling horribly overcriticized, poor baby? Yeah, I think that he is. I mean, he's Ugh. led the most conservative agenda in the, in the in the United States over the last two cycles. I mean, you, we took abortions from 50,000 to 34, not 34,000 to 34. We passed constitutional carry. We secured our elections. We passed the stronger strongest border security legislation in the country, $6.6 billion on funding the border uh, efforts down there, building the wall, putting in razor wire, uh, you know, supporting Governor Abbott's efforts. Uh, we have ended this woke agenda on kids, safe woman sports. We have done so many things um, under Dade Phelan's watch that didn't happen until Dade Phelan became speaker. Now, he's never going to be as popular as a statewide because he doesn't campaign statewide. He's one of 150 he campaigns to 220,000 people in Southeast Texas and then is elected by the body. So politically, the Speaker of the House, whoever it is, is going to have a disadvantage compared to the statewide. They, there is an appeal they've got to make that is – and there is a difference between running in district, what is his, 21 down in Beaumont. Um, mm-hmm. it, big fan of the uh, Democrat chairs and some committees? No, not at all. I, I don't I don't like that, uh, that we have Democrat chairs. I wish that we hmm. didn't, but I understand why we do. Why? Um, you tell know, tell me. Got, well, yeah. Well, you've got committees that that deal with water and deal with things that aren't red versus blue. They're more urban versus rural. Hmm. And you still have some of these guys, especially down in the valley, uh, like Terry Canales on transportation or Tracy King that did the water stuff. That again, it's not red versus blue. Um, it's it's more of an urban versus rural uh, situation. Uh, but look. The Republicans and what I have voted for and supported consistently, the Republicans chair all the, the powerful committees like Ways and Means and Calendars and Appropriations and State Affairs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, we have the power, which is why we have passed the most conservative agenda in the United States, including the largest property tax cut in the history of the United States. Democrats do not run the Texas House, no matter how much the other side that's making money off the primary elections 
want you to believe that. State Rep. Jared Patterson is here, District 106 in Frisco. A couple of final things before we finish. Uh, Governor Abbott at war with the Biden administration back and forth all the time about this stretch of uh, of, of park that we've kind of taken over as a state and so that the, uh, the, the border folks can't get in there and rubber stamp everybody uh, onto a plane in the middle of America. How do you think that's working out? We had the unfortunate, uh, like a family drowned and everyone tried to blame Abbott on this as if we were preventing the brave feds from saving lives. That wound up being a complete lie. What's your thought on, on the last few days of that story? The Biden administration is such an embarrassment, and Governor Abbott is showing the most leadership in the entire country when it comes to securing our southern border to protect Texans not only from dangerous criminals and some terrorists that are coming across the border, but also the strain of fentanyl that's coming across the southern border. The Texas legislature, including under Dave Phelan's leadership, given him $6.6 billion in that effort, which was $500 million whenever I first ran for office, from $500 million to $6.6 million and the strongest laws in the country. Governor Abbott is showing remarkable leadership, and I say keep going. Last thing, this is from down Houston way. This is something I think the state attorney general's office has been asked to, to weigh in on as well. There's this idea knocking around in Harris County, shocker, of a guaranteed income, just cash payments to people who are having a tough time. I, I feel for I feel for people, but man, that is straight up socialism. The, a, the AG's office is going to be asked if it's even legal. I know it's a terrible idea, but what's your thought as a legislator on whether or not this whole guaranteed income thing can even be done? Yeah. Every session we have to go fix Harris County. I think that speaking of House committees, I think we need to create a Harris County committee, ban any member from Harris County from being on it, and let the rest of it fix that situation. Yeah, well, then there's a fix. Jared Patterson, 106 Frisco. Thank you, man. Appreciate it very much. I know we'll be talking down the road. God bless you, Mark. You bet. Jared Patterson, Mark Davis, 850. was wild this is i think it's proof love jared patterson love everything he votes for he's right on like everything and man is he proud of that paxton impeachment go figure man go figure he, not alone not doesn't even have a primary opponent huh which i think is kind of proof positive that um for everybody asked about that little piece of music. That is from Elton John's Blue Moves, little instrumental piece called Your Starter For. Speaking of Elton John, I am reading the Bernie Taupin memoir called Scattershot. And obviously, if you look at all those lyrics, you can tell that Bernie Taupin is quite the wordsmith. Incredible writer, too, just in prose form. And his, I'm just a few pages in, uh, or a few, a couple of chapters in. Just great. Bernie Taupin, Scattershot. I think it's, it's, it's about life. Music, Elton, and me. Great book, great book, great book. Anyway, though, I've told you for a long time that uh, that the primaries, there there are some folks Paxton's coming after, chose not to come after Jared, because that was probably not just not going to succeed. And I don't know how many of them will succeed. Maybe some of them will. I don't know. You're going to need to have reasons other than the Paxton impeachment uh, to to actually topple an incumbent in in March. Uh, 106, Frisco a neighborhood I think I know pretty well. I just guarantee you that the majority of, of Jared's voters did not like the Paxton impeachment. Oh, everybody I talked to. Well, those are the, those are the people who are going to, to, the people who love you are going to come up and go, I love that Paxton impeachment. He's demon spawn. Not too many people are going to come up to Jared Patterson, whom they understandably love, and say, man, that impeachment sucked, man. What were you thinking? 
although I, I would suggest to you that is the majority view in his district. He has been conservative enough to make it not matter. And that's kind of job one. I wondered how many people would kind of backpedal, kind of distance, kind of see the degree to which conservatives revile that impeachment effort and and see who would kind of tap dance a little bit and who would double down. <laughs> it's interesting. Already 858, Mark Davis, 660 AM, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.